All I know is that whoever shot JFK, whoever landed that shot, wasn't acting alone. President's dead, they've got a policeman dead as well. But we do have his killer. So exactly. you're still thinking about the bad news, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome back to episode 30 of Two Pals on a Pod. This week, we are going to be talking the JFK conspiracy. Perhaps the conspiracy that I think there is most evidence for i think it might be the most likely well, we've done a lot of different conspiracies diana epstein mccann's this one is a big big conspiracy i think this one could well be the biggest of all time the biggest cover-up we've ever seen we went from a mental health podcast last week to now really the the worst of all health to be in which is having your head blown off essentially um so yeah what's your thoughts on this uh, from a from a sort of wide angle lens there's a lot of meat on the bone with this one in particular and a lot a lot a lot of inconsistencies that i'm sure we'll delve into because i think that the evidence is overwhelming i think in in mm-hmm. this case one way or the other but i think we should try and set the scene before we do don't forget to hit the subscribe button we're trying to hit 300 subs by the end of the month so go ahead cool. so let's let's set it up let's set the scene they're in dallas texas he's in an open top limousine isn't he he's just traveling through he's you know having a great time sunny day beautiful day let's, lovely day let's drop lovely the hood day. let's drop the top of it you know what i mean let's open top why not <laughs> live a little jesus the wind rushing through his, through his and, hair. Uh, and jackie's kennedy's hair as well and they've Obviously, they're both of them a glamorous couple by the standards of the, the 60s as well. And he's, he's got a, a skinny tie on. It's the 60s after mm-hmm. all. Lapping it all up. The people of uh, Dallas are there, it's aren't they, seeing him in the day. sun? It is. It doesn't look... It's, it was happening in November, didn't it? doesn't look like a November day, that one. Mm. Conspiracy. That's, that's a conspiracy, conspiracy itself. Conspiracy, yeah. yeah. Conspiracy. I don't buy into that. But yeah, you know, get the, get the roof down on the car. Get the bulletproof roof down. Let's do that. That's a good decision. Mm-hmm. I'm sure whoever made that decision has that on their conscience for the rest of their life. Well, that's part of because, what, what people think might have been a conspiracy maybe maybe the yeah. cia allowed this to happen because it seems a bit stupid to have an open top limousine and to not have anyone guarding the roof because i mean they just they didn't have enough agents back then they had literally 32 agents that were protecting him that's it and they didn't have any sort of like rooftop guards really one thing i find particularly interesting and particularly bewildering about this is that i stumbled across two instances of two completely random people both with connections to what is called the underworld, which I can only assume is the mafia, I think. Oh, that's not very conspiratorial. Underworld. Like that. There's one, one woman that was making her way from Louisiana to Texas, which is actually quite a way, quite a trek. And she was a heroin addict, so maybe take this with a pinch of salt, mm. potentially. She was picked up by the police at the side of the road, and the police asked her where she was going. She said, I'm going to Dallas to pick up some money and kill Jack Kennedy. Um, but they didn't actually take her seriously for rightfully or wrongfully though, because she wasn't the one that pulled the trigger after all, was she, I guess, but that's the, that, that happened the day before saying, and she obviously died in mysterious circumstances the year after the guy that was in the Ku Klux Klan that was caught, uh, talking to an undercover police officer 13 days before Kennedy died saying that he had, uh, Intel that there were plans to assassinate John F. Kennedy. They were, they were, they were quote-unquote, in the works. And I think that was just before JFK was in Miami, and the CIA apparently beefed up the security there. So I'm not sure why in Dallas they were so lax. Maybe yeah, that mean, points towards a conspiracy. There was, three weeks prior, apparently, uh, another supposed attempt uh, for, on JFK about three weeks before in Chicago, apparently. Something like that, mm. I, I think, I, I read. So it sounds like there were a few different things brewing in the background that were perhaps mm. leading up to this day. But it does make you wonder why they were so lax on security. It does seem very strange. I mean, also, you've got the... We can even see the video of it, can't we, on YouTube. But like they have yeah. the full video. They, we, I mean, we watched they it in A-level history. We got yeah. shown it in A-level history oh, like two weeks before our exam. It's a bit graphic, great, is it? Well, his brains are everywhere in the car. And then Jack, I mean, you know, I've loved some people before very much, but I've never loved somebody so much that I think if they got assassinated and they brains ended up all over the car, that I'd be there scoop. She scoops them and tries putting them back in. She does. Well, well that's, no, no, that's no. what happens in, in, the, in the thrill of the moment, I guess. You know, when you're in the heat <laughs> of the moment and your husband's head's been blown off, that's what you do, though, isn't it? You sort of have that moment of like, you just go into sort of panic mode of like, oh, quick, we've got to put him back together again quick get the brains and it's like Jackie come on this isn't Humpty Dumpty is it I mean (laughs) we can't put him back together again all right this is it's not, not how the human brain works when it's had a, a bullet a bullet or two depending on which conspiracy theory i think yeah, i, I think the weirdest the, the thing for me like it's youtube have that on on youtube they won't have david mm. icon there and his reptile mates and anything to do with that but oh let's have his head being blown off 
Let's have that on YouTube. Come on. It's like imagine the, uh, the ad revenue on that. It's, it's such a famous video. Imagine the ad revenue on that. Imagine you yeah. getting a wage just for putting, just for uploading a, a video of John F. Kennedy being assassinated. Probably Through the, the roof, videos. I imagine. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> In a way. That's how he was killed. I mean, um, depending on who you listen to as well, that video, that's, I think they call it like the Zapruder tape because the guy that shot it was called, the surname Zapruder or whatever. According to who you listen to there, which we'll delve deeper into, Google. some people think that that was being tampered with too. So that's very interesting. Yeah, Don't believe everything you see is what some people should take away from play. the podcast. For sure. Um, one of the, the agent that climbs on the back of, of that limousine, he was the person guarding Jackie Kennedy that day. He was her specific security uh, and was, was the individual that was guarding her. And he claimed when he climbed on to the limousine and saw it in the back seat, he claimed that there was no brain matter left in JFK's skull. He could see right in, into the hole there. But yet the post-mortem shows a brain that's intact. Like there is a picture of JFK's brain. So I don't really yeah. know like why is, I mean, there's literally pieces of his skull being picked up by students the, the few days later on the side of the road. Yeah. That's a bit odd, but yet they had a picture of his skull or his brain. I can't remember which in the post-mortem. It's like, well, it's been plastered across the limousine. How have you managed that? It's always telling us all about what happens in the aftermath in the sense that they, the government tried so hard to suppress the release of the autopsy report. Got a similar law in the UK, but even in America, they have a law where I think like 30 years after an incident or whatever, all like classified information has to be released to the public. It can be, some of it can be redacted. Some of it obviously isn't, but they tried so hard to suppress that in the nineties, the early nineties, through the, the release of the, the autopsy and, and things like that. And I mean, there's even rumors, isn't there, that um, the autopsy photos themselves were actually forged to hide the impact of a second government because there's a lot of theories about where these bullets came from. Because obviously the story that the, the CIA and the FBI and then the Warren Commission that was set up to investigate this after, who got all of their information from the FBI. So the FBI is basically marking their own homework here. And they're, they're obviously pushing the narrative that it was Lee Harvey Oswald that shot John F. Kennedy acting alone from the, I think, sixth floor yeah. of the Texas Book Depository or something like that. Yeah, so we should go through that. So after... He gets shot, and the governor also gets shot, but he recovers. The president basically gets taken to the hospital, uh, still actually has a pulse on arrival, which is pretty impressive. Like, you just had your head blown I mean, off. And if his like, brains have been blown out, I've got no idea how he's still got a pulse on arrival. It's irrelevant anyway, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah. it's a worthless pulse, that. That is well, a worthless have pulse. Have a go. No brain. Have a go. Then afterwards, obviously, there's a massive scramble, and uh, Oswald is actually held by officers in that building, but then allowed to leave after the building manager said he worked there and he was an employee. So Oswald hmm. leaves the building, gets a can of Coke before, before leaving, casual as you like. Oh, just kill the president. <laughs> oh, let me stop at the vending machine. Bear with me, lads. <laughs> That's gonna. Uh, do I go diet or zero? No, what? he wants. He wants a sugar rush with it. Was his adrenaline rush? Full doesn't fat he? He's baby. Had the adrenaline rush. He's just made the shot of his life, and now he's Live going free. full fat baby. Live, Live free. free. He leaves the building. He's a, he's a former <laughs> US Marine. Okay, just a bit of background right. info. Um, like you say, uh, the, the police then go up to the sixth floor. They find this mail ordered rifle for, for the, the order for just under $20. He bought this from like a newspaper or something like that. And some stack boxes by the window and three spent shells. A little bit interesting that he left the shells there. I mean, I take them as like a souvenir or like, you know, take the mm. evidence. Don't leave the evidence behind. What are you thinking? Well, yeah, well, he uh, he hid the gun as well. They found the gun a few days later, didn't they? Oh, or did something. they? I didn't, didn't know that. So the fact that he hid the gun somewhere in the building, didn't hide it in one of the away. boxes. Yeah, exactly. But it's like a book depository, wasn't it? So he may, maybe hid it in a, in a bookshelf or something like that. Something yeah. very banal like that. Obviously, a book, bit of a bookworm, though. So fair enough. Yeah, well read it. guy. Well read guy. But there's discrepancies with that in the sense that the, the sheriff and the lieutenant governor that found the gun a couple of days after found a gun that was different to the gun that the Warren Commission said was used. Right. So there's another discrepancy with that, too. And there's eyewitnesses that say that at the time of the shooting, Lee Harvey Oswald was obviously there on the scene, but he was actually on the first floor, stood next to the doorman that worked at the Texas Book Depository. And obviously the story goes that the CIA, the FBI and the Warren Commission post was that he obviously shot Kennedy from the from the sixth floor of mm. the building. So there's discrepancies there, too, and different kind of alibis, shall we say with that which is another thing like you look at conspiracies and you look at them incrementally but when, when these things kind of build up build up build up and nothing really seems to add up and there's obviously an agenda that's being pushed that's when you maybe start to think pause for thought yeah i mean i think like like i said there's lots of things going on at play here and i think 
Um, Oswald seemed pretty certain, pretty sure when he was speaking to the press and sort of got paraded out by the press. He seemed pretty sure that he'd not done it. He was very defensive about it. Obviously, some people say, well, yeah, if you just shot someone, you don't say you've done it, do you? But, you know, sometimes people do. Sometimes, believe it or not, sometimes serial killers and stuff do admit to doing these things. But he seemed pretty defensive about it and that he'd not done it doesn't necessarily mean he was telling the truth but interesting when he leaves um the building after doing the shooting he then walks to his boarding house gets a jacket look good feel good gets a jacket gets his handgun and then confronts a police officer and kills a police officer now yeah. that's that that seems a bit a bit of a random thing to do like just kill a police officer they're just gonna go to a car just shoot him why not just you know and so it's, it's interesting because again he was he was picked out of a row of people by some witnesses, by some members of the public. So people think that it was Oswald because he was picked out by a number of different people, yeah. different individuals. So that's why people have sort of gone, well, it must be him. But after that, he then goes into a, a movie theatre, uh, doesn't pay for a ticket, which I think, you know, that's terrible. That obviously draws no, attention. This guy's got no no respect for the law. Has he's got he? no morals, no respect has he? for the law whatsoever, this I mean, guy. Shooting the President of the United States, okay. Shooting a police officer, it's getting a bit worse. No ticket at the that's, cinema. That's the worst of all crimes. Absolute disdain for the film industry, mm -hmm. this guy has. Although, to be fair, his actions spawned a fair few films. I mean, maybe he's, he's really given back there on that mm -hmm. front, to be fair. Give and so. take. Give and, give and take. take, baby. Give and take. So, you know, he's gone to go see the new Marvel film or whatever. He's gone into the <laughs> to the cinemas. Um, but then, obviously, the, poli the police get called on him because the, the woman working behind the counter calls the police. He's not bought a ticket. Forget the whole yeah. president stuff. Let's How lock him up she for know? that. And so the police basically uh, come in. They grab him. Apparently, he nearly shoots them as well, apparently, at the time. But then they manage to arrest him. And before you know it, they're parading him in front of cameras. Now, that, for me... The whole parading in front of cameras thing, I, it never sits right with me because it's like, just do your job. Don't do like the whole parading yeah. to make yourself look good. Look, we got him, guys. That whole parading well, think, thing. Just do your job, guys. I think it was Mario Balotelli that once said, when asked why he doesn't celebrate when he scores a goal, he said, does the postman celebrate when he delivers your post? Good point. No. Good point. Go on with your job, the police officer. I mean, to be fair as well, the absolute cheek to parade somebody around after this guy has shot the president you know, the kind of the golden goose, the one that if you were going out assassinating people, he'd be top of, top, top of my list. He'd be top of my yeah. list, you know. That's a, that's a kill. That's a kill right there. Bam. Please put on the CV, Joe, isn't it? Exactly. Joe Biden doesn't know what, what I've got in for him, obviously. <laughs> He's not moving very fast, does he, though? So that's okay. Easy. Shoots a police officer, and then they're like, yeah, well, we got him. We got him. I think he's done what he set out to do at this mm. point. I think maybe the police, in footballing terms, again, the police have scored a consolation goal. They were 4-0 down and they've scored one. It's 4-1 now to Harvey Oswald. He's been running rings around them all day. Mm -hmm. So less, less of the parading, more of the modesty. I but it's interesting. you're ashamed. They're giving him an opportunity to speak to the cameras as well. He's doing an interview. Like, he's doing yeah. an interview within hours or something of, of killing the president. Like, just casual interview there to the press. Yeah, just shot the president. Can you imagine doing that nowadays? Like, Joe Biden's just been shot in the head, right? Just yeah. his head blown off. And, oh, here, let's, let's do an interview with GB News. And it's like, it, it, it could be <laughs> random, wouldn't it? Like... What's why would you do that? Like it's so strange to have an interview like that. I know it's the sixties, but come on. I mean, on a, on a practical level as well, it just gives him an opportunity to get his side of the story across as well, and yeah. first and, and treat like a celebrity as well, because he's there being interviewed, calling him. So what did he say? He said, "Oh, um, I'm just a patsy. I'm just a patsy." Which I think meant when I first read it, I thought he said pansy. I thought we we're getting a bit homophobic. Aww. Patsy, he's a, just a patsy, which I'm led to believe is his way of saying it wasn't actually me that did it, and mm -hmm. I. Been set up or whatever which to be fair there's no conspiracy in that because i don't think he's going to come out and own up to it although that would be major big dick energy from him to be fair it would it would i think i think he would deny it at that point wouldn't he because he he probably wants to be innocent because i imagine he's not wanting to spend the rest of his life in jail but obviously he didn't anyway so. he didn't know because two days later he was killed by jack ruby whilst being transferred uh live on tv interestingly this was arranged with the police to make it like a morning transfer so they had better lighting for the TV cameras and the press. So <laughs> imagine that, though, again, like they're just working with the media here, just working with the media. Oh, do you want better lighting on that? OK, we'll switch it. We'll, we won't do, we won't do an evening one when everyone's in bed. Do it in the morning. No. Do it in the morning when he gets shot. Do it in the morning in the full light of day. It's ridiculous. You wouldn't expect, it, expect this in the, in the 60s. Well, maybe you'd expect it now with the whole Instagram generation mm. and whatnot, you know, lighting and saturation That's and all that shit. But back then... I'm led to believe that people back then didn't give a shit. So why are they bothered about 
lighting. But obviously, do you think Jack Ruby is his real name, by the way? Because that's such a cool name for a nightclub owner to have Jack Ruby. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he owned a strip club as well. Did, did you hear he had good connections with the police? Because the police used to visit his bars and strip clubs. I bet they did the day dogs. He had good connections with the mafia as well, though, which is interesting. Interesting lines to toe. Good connections with the police and the mafia. Oh, I didn't know that. Didn't Pick know that. Mm, maybe Pick that's aside. yeah, maybe there's some connection there. Maybe he was told to do that by the mafia or something. Because I mean, he did get in to the, the headquarters on the basis that the police knew him. So he's like really friendly with the police. So that's how he managed to get in front of uh, Oswald in the first place was the fact that he was friendly with them. In fact, the police officer even says after you can see the video of, of him shooting Oswald that's been captured, the police officer even says something like, oh, Jack, like that. They even say like, because they know <laughs> it's him. Like instantly you hear them say Jack, Jack, because they're all, they all know him. They all know the guy. Seriously go, oh, as if he was walking back from the bar with like a round of pint or whatever and he drops one off jack but it was like jack, jack. God damn it, or something jack. like that or something like i can't remember vintage, what it was vintage jack he's just shot the most wanted man in the, in the land on national you, tv you hear him saying jack like you can hear it in the video like they say it a few times because they're trying to wrestle the gun off him as well like that imagine having the gun wrestled off you by people you know by my mates just strange isn't it the whole not thing not sure it's the best look for the police is it to be in cahoots with a strip a strip club owner no. um but, but, it's just classic. Jack, though, he's just there wangling a gun. I'm telling you, America doesn't come off looking good, doesn't it? I mean, Harvey yeah, Oswald nice. buys a gun from a newspaper for $20, <laughs> uses it to shoot the president, then goes home, gets another gun, shoots a police officer, and then the day after, I think it was the day after, wasn't it? Then Jack Ruby's out slinging a gun. Two days. Come on, don't exaggerate. Two, two days, days later. Two days, sorry. Fake news for me. Fake news Come on, that was spreading but, yeah. misinformation. America's not not coming out of this looking looking uh, in the in the best light. No, I mean there's loads of stories from uh, things America have done in the past where just like experimenting on their own people and stuff like that. We'll get that into into another. Yep. Oh, that's, there's a whole episode on that. There's yeah. an episode. There's there's loads of stuff on that. Um, so like I said, Jack Ruby was known by police officers because of his strip uh, strip club and bars, um, but Oswald, interestingly. The CIA had a file on him for four years before the assassination, but they removed a watch on him a week before the assassination. So presumably they had tabs on him, essentially, but then that seemed to get removed a week before the assassination. So was this allowed to happen? Did they get intel that where, oh, we think he might be trying to do something? And so we're going to take, we're going to stop watching him and every and, and his every move. Let's allow this to happen so we can have a change of president. Could yeah. that be a thing, perhaps? It's definitely interesting because it has been confirmed and verified that in the run-up to the assassination, they were tampering a lot with his uh, records, with the FBI or the CIA or whatever. So they had files on him and they were tampering with them. Why were they tampering with them? Like, is this like, I don't know whether this is something that they do often or not, but like in the run-up, when he, when he goes out and he, kills the president and then retrospectively you look back and you think what what are they redacting from his his records to obviously you know maybe take the foot off the gas a bit that's definitely what it looks like isn't it if you're Mm -hmm. taking somebody off a watch list like they did and they're tampering with his records and making making him seem less of a threat than he actually is and then he goes out and kills the president then you might think that there's a flaw in what they were doing they're not very good at what they're doing or there's a cover-up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards cover-up in, in a lot of these uh, these situations that, that we're going to talk through. Uh, Jack Ruby dies of cancer, by the way, like a couple of years, I think, after. Uh, I don't think he gets convicted in the end. I think because he appeals a conviction, and so he never officially gets locked up behind bars uh, under, under a conviction of murder. He dies of cancer. And interestingly, on his deathbed, I think he was spoken to by a journalist or someone, and he said that he had no memory of doing the shooting like he remembers being wrestled off the weapon by the police officers but he has no memory of actually pulling the trigger and uh, which which i think is quite interesting because you know probably would remember it he just shot just shot someone well there's a there's a, a bell-shaped correlation between stress and recall this is a best cycle you calling him a bell Don't well do yeah <laughs> No, I think he did the right thing. I think he did a very good thing. I think, you know, really? that's, for, that's for JFK. Bam. Good looking guy as well. Good looking president. Bam. Dead. Rest in peace. But there's a, there's a bell-shaped curve that basically states that at low amounts of stress, recall is terrible because you're not really being that attentive. And then the longer you go along the curve, the better recall becomes until you're too stressed. And then it starts getting worse again. So maybe he was just really stressed. Maybe he took He's- JFK's death to heart. And for those two days afterwards between JFK's death and the shooting, maybe he was in absolute agony, not remembering 
anything. Maybe you need to chill out a bit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just have, relax a bit. Put your feet up and just, just chill for a bit. Come on. In the days following the assassination, um, it's uncovered that Oswald had strong links to the Soviet Union. He visited two weeks prior, has a Russian wife. And uh, when, when he had a meeting two weeks prior, he met an ex-KGB agent who was part of the assassination squad during his time uh, in the KGB. So obviously people think, well... Mm links to the Soviet Union, meeting someone from the KGB that, that used to be there, assassination squad. Let's put two and two together here. He's, he's you know, probably works with the Soviet Union to kill JFK, perhaps. Who knows? Yeah. Just a theory. Yeah, because obviously what you have to remember as well, like at, at this point in time, this is the the height of the, the Cold War, isn't it? So all that's kicking off. But one thing I find interesting about this particular scenario and the kind of the Soviet connection is the fact that there was somebody that impersonated Lee Harvey Oswald in phone calls and visits to the Soviet and I think the Cuban embassies in Mexico City. So somebody's ringing up these, calling these embassies and visiting them, claiming to be Lee Harvey Oswald when they're actually not. So why is that? Is somebody out there trying to plant the seed weeks in advance? Is he actually a patsy, as if he said, as he like as he mm. says? Cuba and the US weren't getting along at that point. I think that's an understatement. And neither, obviously, were the, were the Soviets in the US. So is there somebody out there trying to frame him? That's what I that's what I take away from that. Well, I'd not heard about that, but it does sort of imply that, yeah, there could be something going on there, uh, which I think is quite an interesting detail I'd not heard. Um, but in, interestingly, 99 minutes after JFK was confirmed dead, Lyndon Johnson is made the president on board Air Force One. 99 minutes, and mm. he does that with JFK's wife by his side, which I think is a bit odd. I mean, she she was still wearing the jacket that had her husband's blood on it, you know, and here she is, yeah, just 99 says- minutes after, just swore just swearing in the new president. I appreciate it's important, but is it, does she need to be there? Her husband's face just being blown off. I know he wasn't faithful necessarily, yeah, but he's your husband. Not, <laughs> not only that, though, but she was there next time when it happened. That's a rather traumatic thing to witness, I think. Yeah. Your husband's head being blown off. She was literally in the car. Like, it could have easily been her as well. Could, could have, have easily been. been her. She was and then she's there, and uh, JFK is, is signed, to the, to the, signed to the history books just like that at the click of a finger. Because there's some people that think, some conspiracy theorists out there that think that the CIA and the FBI colluded with like the military-industrial kind of complex or whatever in order to kill him off because Kennedy was uh, reducing involvement in Vietnam. And obviously the military-industrial complex is basically just some kind of like, it's a bit like a business model that states that wars fund business in terms of producing things that are needed in war so whether that's tanks and guns and missiles and planes and Great whatnot for the economy Great for the economy as well isn't that brilliant produce a bit of inflation but i mean that's, that's the well, thing that's going to happen isn't it that you can't handle all doesn't it yeah you know i mean yeah, exactly exactly but obviously um there are people out there that think that because kennedy was scaling back involvement in vietnam that they colluded the CIA and the FBI colluded with the military industrial complex to kill him off and get uh, johnson in and johnson was a man that to be fair loved a war he did. He, he got stuck into Vietnam. Well, Vietnam he did. I mean, four days later, after JFK's death, President Johnson reverses JFK's decision to withdraw a thousand troops. And instead, by 1965, two years later, troops went from 16,000 under JFK to 184,000 and then to 536,000 by uh, 1968. So that's a huge increase in five years from 16,000 to over half a million. And so he, he loved a war, he really did. He was kicking off in Vietnam. He didn't fancy a war in Cuba, but he, he was loving it in Vietnam. He was absolutely getting, you know, really, really enjoying it. And it does make you wonder if they did take out Kennedy to have a change of foreign policy. That's, that's the often mm-hmm. the, the conspiracy people go for. And I guess it sort of bodes the question, you know, would the CIA do that? A lot of people think, well, oh, surely not. But I don't know, to be honest. Like, I don't know. I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them just because they've done that so many times, but abroad. They've deposed mm. leaders abroad in coup d'etats, like literally in a humongous list of countries that I wouldn't, be, wouldn't even be able to riff off now. They've done it so many times. So, you know, is, you know, is it really that much of a leap to think that they would do that to the to the leader of the free world in, their, in their, their own backyard. I'm not sure whether that's enough of a motive, the whole military industrial complex mm. stuff, you know, whether that's actually that important in terms of keeping the economy afloat and whatnot. And in terms of like vested interests, I'm not sure, but it's certainly the motive that I kind of look at over all the others and the, the kind of Soviet and Cuban kind of collusion and, you know, the mafia involvement. I look at those and I think that they don't have as much meat on the bone of, like with them as the military industrial complex one does, because there's a clear motive for them to do it right there and the means yeah. to do it. 
And, and JFK also wanted to lessen the grip of the CIA as well. So perhaps there's that element, like he, he wasn't big into the CIA's uh, such heavy involvement in, in the government and that kind of thing. The generals were very keen for war. JFK wasn't. And, and his foreign policy aims and, and uh, the, the, the direction he wanted to take the country and just didn't really align. So you, you could say, did they, were they in on killing him or did they just allow it to happen by dropping the security that day in order for it to happen? Or were they not involved at all? I, I think there's some interesting details Details, which we'll get into where somebody says that one of the post, one of the people who allegedly may have um, you know, been, been the, one of the people who killed uh, JFK supposedly flashed a Secret Service badge apparently at them. So, you know, were, was that a fake badge? Was it a real badge? Who knows? But we'll probably dig into that, I think, in a minute. It's like one of those comedy fancy dress sheriff badges <laughs> that's made plastic. We just don't know, yeah. do we? When we'll never know. The beauty of it is we'll never know. We'll never, we'll never know. know. Bought off Amazon. Six quid. Made in China. Made in China. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. One thing that I do think is really interesting about this whole thing is Lyndon Johnson almost immediately believed it could have been a conspiracy. And so he decided to fly straight away to Washington just to try and prevent anything else from happening. Like he was under the impression that maybe America was under attack here. Could he have been under attack as well? And so he immediately went in Air Force One, left JFK, leave all that behind, let them let, let sort out of that mess. I'm going to fly straight off to Washington. And he immediately also wanted to get a hold of the narrative as well. Like it was very important to them that they got hold of this narrative and immediately decided on Oswald as being the lone gunman before even the evidence was properly gathered. And I think that in itself shows that they were trying to construct a narrative around this almost instantly. I think they were trying to keep people calm. And I, do, I also don't think they fancied a war with Cuba or the Soviet Union at that time. Yeah, completely. I see. I see that as well. I see that because I read about there's a memo from the head of the, the FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, head of the FBI for about 30, 35 years and obviously knew what he was doing as a good political operator who said, quote unquote, in a memo, uh, we need to convince the public that Oswald was the real assassin, which I think is not necessarily an admission that Oswald wasn't the real assassin. There's a very interesting way of phrasing something like that, as if I get the vibe that he thought that they were already on the back foot, you know what I mean? And that there was this, this, these conspiracies that were, were coming out like from day one about this already. They were well aware of the fact that some people might not believe that Oswald was the lone gunman. And that kind of, the way he phrased that memo was very, very interesting. But I think they definitely wanted to avoid some kind of international incident, because I think you look at what is essentially, if it was committed by uh, the, the Russians or, or, or the Cubans, would have been an act of war. And as much as Lyndon loved a war, he didn't seem to fancy one with the, with the Soviet Union, I think, because they've got those missiles, the nuclear missiles there at the time, and, you know, mutually assured destruction, all that. He's all right bullying Vietnam. He's yeah. all over that. But when it comes to the big boys, Lyndon knows Lyndon knows his limits, shall we say. He, he really didn't want a World War III, did he, at all? You could hear, I mean, in the way that he was talking, I think he, he said, we've got to take this out of the area where they're testifying the Soviet Union and Cuba did this and kicking us into a wall that can kill 40 million Americans in an hour. And, and so the incentive, the incentive was essentially there to wrap it up as a solo killer and therefore we can have no world war. They didn't want another world war. Lots of White House memos have since been released. The one saying, uh, I think this might be the one you, you were referencing, the public must be satisfied Oswald was the assassin. He did not have Confederates who are still at large and evidence was as such that he would have been convicted. So they're really trying to get a, a grip of this story, create the narrative, make sure the public are satisfied. And this is how it works. The government filter it down to the media, the media distribute it to the public. It has a whole kind of move on, move on, there's nothing to see here type thing, which is so weird that it has that vibe because the president of the US has just been killed. There most definitely is something to see here. Mm -hmm. Whether you're trying to control the narrative or not, like let's not treat people like idiots. Like there's definitely something to see or something has happened here. It's not as simple as uh, John swearing Johnson in and then moving on from it or swearing Johnson in and then setting up this commission. Because basically they set up like the Warren Commission that I, that I mentioned earlier, they set that up, I think, just to placate the fact that the public were in mourning. I imagine it was a bit like when, say, when Diana died over here and the public are in mourning that this kind of political figurehead has died in such tragic circumstances. So they tried to placate that by just saying that the sham commission, it seems like that was basically effectively controlled by the FBI because the, the, the info that the commission was using 
came from the FBI and the FBI only, like no, nobody else. Like you said, the, the commission did seem like they had an outcome, an idea that they, want, that they wanted to get to, and then they were sort of just using the evidence which fit that nice little sort of end narrative that they were trying to get to. It was almost like a, a reverse sort of reverse engineering it. This is where we want what we, what we want to conclude. And to get to that conclusion, we've got to use this bit of evidence, not really focus on this, and then we'll just focus on these bits and eventually sort of build up this picture like that. I mean, there's another memo here. I don't know if it's the same one or not, but speculation about Oswald's motivation should be cut off is quite simply what they said. We shouldn't have any speculation about his motivation. We should have um, the ability to rebute thought that this was a communist conspiracy or a right wing conspiracy. Uh, so are they... Are they just trying to calm people? Are they actually trying to seek the truth at this point? It doesn't really seem like they're trying to dig into this too much. And I wonder why. Do they not want to? Because I think they know fine well this was probably Soviet Union related. And so they're just going, yeah, we don't want this one. I was going to say, because you would think that if anything, they'd want to pin it on the Soviet Union. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're I mean, like, at that point. They, exactly. Like America always needs some kind of like adversary to kind of position itself against. But you're right in the sense that what they would do is they go out and they would seek like eyewitness testimony from members of the public that were there and completely disregard any eyewitness testimony that didn't adhere to what they seem to have like this predetermined idea of what happened with and anything that kind of strayed from that they weren't bothered about so like they interviewed i think it was about 120 uh, witnesses or something like that 51 of them actually said that the shots came from the grassy knoll the kind of infamous grassy knoll um yes. not the the texas depository book depository i think only 32 people something like that the numbers might not be exact said that the shots they thought came from from the from the texas book depository which means that more people that they've interviewed have said actually the shots didn't come from where you thought they came from and all they did was disregard that they didn't dig any deeper they were like well that's that's interesting that you think that interesting that you think that like you were there and there's 51 of you or whatever saying that the shots came from the grassy knoll and not from the Texas book depository where we think they came from. But we're not going to dig into that. We're not bothered for some reason. Yeah. Why? And there was huge doubt about the commission. I mean, they, they basically claimed that one bullet entered JFK's back and then it left through his throat. And then the same bullet then hit the governor's back, shattered a rib, shattered his wrist and then ended up in his leg. So it's like magic bullet has gone at such an angle that it's sort of gone in one way, then it's gone through another person, then somehow gone through his ribs and his wrist and then end up in his leg. All these different angles that the bullet has to do, like it's swerving in midair or something. Yeah, and like they, they, they pushed this theory that there was only this magic bullet, this one bullet that actually, I think they think that three were fired, but this magic bullet, this one bullet hit both JFK and the governor. And I think upon investigation, I think it was a few years after, they found that that magic bullet that went on to hit the governor, did he survive? I think he survived it. Yeah. Was missing too much weight to be the sole bullet that killed JFK. This governor, I think he died in like the, the 90s, ended up surviving. And there was some pathologist that wanted permission from the governor's family to investigate. So because there's still fragments in him when he died about 30 years after, but the family refused. So I suppose we'll never know with that. But there's definitely one train of thought that thinks that this bullet, there was more than one bullet. But mm -hmm. the, the Warren Commission pushed so, so, so hard in this kind of um, one person, one, one shooter, one bullet kind of scenario. I mean, for what reason? This is the thing, though, like President Johnson didn't even believe the commission. Uh, he thought different bullets hit JFK and the governor, contrary to the, the commission, the publicly the governor claimed um, that, three, that there was three shots that day. But privately, he said he never believed a single word of the commission report. That's what he said in private to a journalist. And so, you know, um, he didn't believe that Oswald fired the fatal shots that killed JFK, but he never spoke out. And he said he never spoke out because the country needed closure at that point. It's interesting how that was that was the main aim, closure. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's just sweep this up. The president's been shot. Move Whatever on. happened to truth and like justice and everything that Americans are meant to kind of value so much. But I mean, there's even inconsistencies. Like if you look at these, the Pruder film, the one that's on, on YouTube, upon the impact of the, the bullet hitting JFK's skull, his face or his head jolts forwards. But that's not necessarily meant to have happened if the bullet was coming from the side of the road where the Texas boat depository was on. So that leads some people to think that this, uh, there was a shooter in the building across the other side of the road, the Daltex building, something like that, because there's no way that if there was one bullet coming from the Texas Book Depository, that JFK's head would jolt forwards on impact because that's not the way the momentum was going. Yeah, I think it was moving backwards, actually. I, I, maybe, maybe it was a different shot, I can't remember, but I, I think, because I know that his head moves backwards onto like the car seat. Now, if you've been hit 
from the from the back, supposedly from that book uh, depository building, you're not going to move backwards with the bullet. No. You're not going to move Especially against that. the bullet. You move with the bullet motion, <laughs> and yet you know, yeah, his head moves backwards. So it's yeah. clear, and it moves backwards to the side. Now, if you've been hit from backwards to the side, you're going with the momentum. So you're going exactly. from the forward right position, which is where that mound was. So it's that, that sort of grassy mound near where, the, where there was like a fence. And so you can't claim that, you know, the fatal shot was from behind him when quite clearly his head blows off in that direction backwards and to the left. It's really weird to go against the laws of physics on that. Exactly. And I think um, the Zapruder film is so interesting because I don't think there's probably been a, a like, like, there's like 30 seconds of footage that's been investigated and like delved into as much as this because there's people that think that that was tampered with too so the people that recovered the Zapruder film I think it was a couple of days after JFK's assassination watch back the 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 version of the film that's in the National Archives now and say that wasn't the film that we saw the day after like there was there's like smoke missing and things like that and obviously like I think it's like a puff of smoke above JFK's head that's been removed or altered somehow and frames that are in like a different order to the way they, they actually were in the first place and things like that and I think so they have a in America like I mean this shows how wild it is there they have a house committee on assassinations yeah. or at least they did like why, why that's bad like that like, maybe we should think about trying to prevent the assassinations instead of just setting a, up a committee to investigate them seems a bit a weird yeah, it's exactly. like a podcast isn't it it's like a podcast that they're doing <laughs> that's what it is this this is our form of it yeah it's the uh, assassination complex isn't it they need assassinations yeah. to happen to occur to have something to talk about at the house committee on assassinations otherwise exactly. it's completely futile but even they had some kind of like um expert or something you know they draft these people in and i think the word that he used to, to describe the film was unnatural unnatural mm-hmm. jerkiness in movement or something they said so i think when when i mean you know when they're kind of concluding that maybe it's it's not necessarily beyond the realms of possibility that there are some kind of there's some kind of tampering well yeah going on there with that i mean film. the commission switched around like as you said the the film frames to make it seem like jfk was shot from behind so they made it seem like he'd move forward by switching around the frames. So um, this obviously looks like it creates a forward motion, uh, whereas actually the the real proper video, when you see it, shows it moving backwards to the left. Um, Hoover responded to this by saying, it was a regrettable printing error. Oh, was it? It's a printing error that you switched the frame down the other way. That's that's a weird printing error that he switched. Blame it on the, the blame it on the intern. Blame it on the intern. Bloody printer, hey. Eh? Um, so yeah, JFK's head bounces off the back seat, and obviously we know that that's that can only happen from a, a forward shot propelling him back. Interestingly, though, one of the so-called experts that have been paid by the government uh, claimed that it might have been a muscle spasm that caused him to move backwards like that. So he's been shot from behind and then his muscles spasm backwards and to the left that's what they yeah. tried to claim load of nonsense i think if, if you're shot from behind even before you've had a, your muscles have had a chance to have a spasm you're flying forwards for mm. at least a second or two you're not Save just flying spasm backwards. For later so yes i mean that there's a lot of interest and intrigue around the, the, the pruder film wasn't there and i mean stories as well of um other eyewitnesses because obviously it's a big kind of presidential parade so a lot of people there filming it mm. in, the, in, the, in the 60s and whatnot and there's stories of uh, fbi agents going around to people's houses that you know they've come forward and they said oh we've got this this could be used as evidence and they say oh, all right well let's take the fbi went around to I think, I think it was about seven people came forward to say this happened go around to the house take the film say yeah we'll get it developed and return it in a few days and they never did there's obviously some kind of desire from the fbi to have a monopoly over all the, the kind of video evidence that's out there and that is quite it's quite an insecure kind of thing to want, isn't it? Like, why are they so keen to take people's films and develop them, but then not give them back so they nobody else has access to them except them? Like, what so is the motivation? Confiscating, essentially, what yeah. what they're doing. Almost stealing, yeah, stealing that. Um, interesting that a young journalist that was there, literally right where uh, JFK was assassinated, she said in, in later in an article, the only thing I'm absolutely sure of was at least two shots came from behind her. And by that, she means up that grassy hill near where that's the fence north. was, that because she was still on the side of the road. So that's the only thing she's absolutely sure of. At least two shots came from behind her. Uh, she says that she saw a puff of white smoke still hanging in the air. And you know, in, interestingly, there is actually a picture um, of somebody because somebody was filming that day as JFK gets assassinated. There's there's two camera angles. There's the main one you see on YouTube of him, and you see the side of his of his face get blown off. Then there's also another one from the opposite side of the road from a um, civilian, and 
she's filming him and you actually see up the grassy mound up to where the fence is and if you freeze frame and zoom in you can see like the top half of somebody's head poking above the fence it's like a really mysterious shot it's like this dark picture it almost looked like they're wearing a hat kind of thing johnson (laughs) yeah it's him he's there i mean it's pretty mad that there's that there's like a picture and it's really quite a haunting picture actually where you can't make out the face or anything but you can see like a shadow because obviously it's not great quality get a hd camera i mean come on invest in it but (laughs) like man yeah and but it's mad that you can actually see like the top half of someone's face peering over the fence from exactly the sort of spot of the sort of person that would uh, from the position that you'd assassinate jfk from like perfect positioning yeah. a bit of crowded uh, there's sort of like some trees overhanging as well a bit of cover it's so interesting you bring that over because i've 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 read this but from somebody else's perspective so that was from the perspective of somebody sitting on the other side of the road or sitting on the other side of the road and i i read something about how um there's like a railroad tower above the grassy knoll this. and there's a guy that was operating it there who said that there were two people loitering for about 15 minutes before JFK was due to kind of come past or whatever. Nothing really suspect going on there, but he said that when JFK got shot, he saw the puff of smoke coming from the grassy knoll and he was literally just above it. So it's interesting that he would see he would see that and that would be corroborated by what you just brought up about the woman on the other side of the road. So there's definitely something going on this grassy knoll. It's, it's, it has to be implicated, especially if the FBI going out there interviewing witnesses and there are more witnesses saying the shots came from the knoll than there are saying came from the, the Texas Book Depository. And that guy that you're referencing, yeah, like you say, he saw like it, he described it as either a puff of smoke or a flash or something. Flash, he yeah. says something like that. And then he saw some commotion, but he saw two guys um, behind uh, the fence. And I, I just think that's really interesting that we get to see from the sort of the other side of the fence as well we hear from a witness that that saw from the other side of the fence and so it does really really does make you wonder i mean another witness said that they heard four or five gunshots and that the fourth sounded different and they they also saw smoke from a rifle blast coming from that sort of direction as well and this was corroborated by a few different people who were stood on the bridge that uh, kennedy ended up going under as he'd been assassinated Um, and even the closest security guard that guy who jumped on the back of the limousine Mm -hmm. even he said he said he heard two shots that day you can imagine when you're in the heat at the moment you're probably not going to hear everything but he said he heard two shots and they sounded different from each other. That's what he said. And so instantly that says to me, well, if they sounded different to each other, he described one as sound like it came from a tin can or something. So if it sounds so different, it can't be the same rifle. Like, it just can't yeah, be. Exactly. Like It's got to be two different rifles there for, from two different positions. I'm sure Oswald was, or whoever was in the building was one of them. Who was the other? Well, it's got to be from that direction where the fence yeah. was. Exactly. And I think as well, it's the fact for me that 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 when 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 we're discussing this case, the Dallas police chief came out just after, and he said that actually nobody's ever been able to put Lee Harvey Oswald on the sixth floor of the mm. Texas Book Depository building, which is where he was meant. This is where they uh, they found the um, were they bullets that they then snatched yeah, the, there the on the window or something like that. Nobody's actually ever been able to put him on there. The only place they've been able to put him just before JFK was coming past was on the first floor by the doorman, not shooting anybody, not shooting anybody mm. from there, are you? Not on the sixth floor, which is what the Warren Commission have pushed. So he hasn't. They haven't even been able to put the suspect in the right position. We're not even talking about grassy knolls and bullets flying from different directions. We're talking about the guy that you're accusing of doing this being in the right place at the right time, and they're not even sure about that. Yeah, that that all just seems seems a bit dodgy, really, doesn't it? I mean, you're not necessarily expecting them to, you know, to go into the building and see him there just holding the gun or anything like that. But even still, you I mean, they obviously didn't have fingerprint DNA, I don't think, back then. And so you're not going to have that sort of forensics to go off. That would be nice and easy for him to, you know, <laughs> rule him out or say it was him. But like they're basically just going off the fact he was in the building. Yeah, that was it. I mean, it'd have been it'd have been tough for them to cover it up or uh, frame him if, if they needed fingerprint evidence, wouldn't they? I yeah. suppose. But I mean, even I don't know. I just fake don't know. If, fake the prints. Yeah, is that fake? I mean, fake fingerprints. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't know for why. Because to me, it's evident that there is a cover up, but I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know why the Warren Commission were going out there like. In, people lost their jobs for coming forward with eyewitness testimony that didn't agree with the, the the preconceptions of the Warren Commission. Like people lost their jobs. I haven't even started about talking talking about all the people that died coming off the back of this. But I think one academic put it about like a uh, hundred and three people died in suspicious circumstances within three years of the Kennedy assassination. One hundred three people that, that had tangible links to to the to the to Jack Ruby to Lee Harvey Oswald or to the Dallas Police. I've never heard about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's crazy. So there's a story about how on the night 
that Jack Ruby killed Lee Harvey Oswald. Two reporters went around to interview him, which is mental to think of. But you imagine the guy's just shot somebody, he's murdered somebody, mm. and the reporters are on the scene saying, you know, like going around for cheese and wine or whatever at Jack Ruby's house and whatnot. Uh, but they both ended up dying in suspicious circumstances in, uh, I think it was 1964. So, I mean, that, that, that's that, the two, two kind of examples there. That, um, the guy, the taxi driver that took Lee Harvey Oswald from uh, the plaza where JFK was shot to wherever else he was off to the cinema to break mm-hmm. in and, and you know get a free ticket whatever that taxi driver ended up dying as well it's all just people that were they to stay alive would have been help would have it would have been helpful for them to be alive to piece together what actually went on on that day mm. it, it, it's very like um reminiscent of of, of an organization trying to cover its tracks so we so try to muddy the waters and say well we would look into this line of inquiry but unfortunately x or y have, uh, have died and I mean countless journalists that were that were publishing stories at the time so one journalist her first name certainly she called Dorothy which I think is a, is a lovely name very American name mm-hmm. she the last piece she wrote before she was uh she overdosed or you know in inverted commas overdosed she said this story isn't going to die as long as there's a real reporter alive to cover it and then a week later she overdosed apparently for no reason no history of mm-hmm. mental health issues or anything like that just at home with her family and decided to to overdose you know there's there's countless kind of uh, of examples of that i think and i, I think it's 103 within the three years after the the assassination so that's unbelievable um, is that like i've not heard a, a huge amount about that but i mean that does sort of recover of some sort of cover-up doesn't it um interesting like behind the sort of the fence that, that we were talking about that some people ran behind it because they claimed that they you know saw a puff of smoke so some people decided to go like run behind it and they saw footprints behind so clearly there'd been someone there it'd been i think it had rained earlier on in the day then obviously the skies are clear but there was a clear footprints behind this fence and they also saw um cigarette butts and it looks like someone had been pacing up and down basically up, up and down this fence perhaps looking for a good position to take a shot all that kind of thing mm-hmm. so it's really starting to build up this picture um and uh, interestingly the assassinations commission reached the same conclusion as before where basically they said it was just it was oswald he did it he did it so you know let's forget about it guys come on uh, i'm not so even sure the, why the they other... bothered investigating it because they had that in mind all along they could have come out the day later and been like yeah well nothing to see here again nothing to see here yeah so there was that many commissions i mean i don't know how many commissions they had in the end but they all basically just came to the same conclusion without really listening to the experts i mean one of the experts was an audio expert and he used audio from the officer's radio on the day that was accidentally left on and, and basically recreated from i think like one one thousand two hundred different combinations of possibilities of where shooters could be basically Hmm. and using the audio he was able to conclude that one of the sounds heard on that radio came from the direction of the fence right and he was really clever the way he'd done it and this guy was like a proper expert he'd been he'd done cases previous where he'd successfully done this same sort of work and been able to come to like conclusions that were you know used for convictions that kind of thing so he's like a really top expert and he concluded that yeah one of the sounds that was heard on that radio came from the direction of the fence um and they even managed to match up the audio to the video of like the gun the gunshots and it matched up perfectly apparently in the room there was almost like complete silence because of how like in all people were of this like oh my god how's this matches perfectly the the audio sounds of the shots and the video just aligned perfectly by this audio expert and so basically they conclu- he concluded that the shot must have come from the fence however three years later Another report comes out, loads of reports, loads of commissions. They've got loads of town hands. And they and this was from the government. This claimed the audio proved nothing. And they ended up giving their own audio, which was later found to have been edited to specific uh, to specifically fit a certain narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore they offered this sort of new evidence, supposedly. But the audio expert was like, Well, I can see you've sliced this piece of audio and this piece of audio up and stuck it together. Like you can't edit the audio here. That's what they were using as like a defense. And so this re- going to going to an audio expert and trying to pull the wool over his eyes. Like this is his livelihood, like <laughs> like, like identifying discrepancies and you know, and trying to, to to identify the veracity of kind of audio, audio documents or whatever. And Did they're going just, to them trying to pull the wool over his eyes. It's just stupid. It's absolutely amateur. I know. It's they put two bits amateur. of audio together. Like that's that's what they've done. They'd sliced up and just stuck it together and be like, yeah, that'll do. That'll fall in. The <laughs> audio expert will never guess, will he? He'll never work it out. It's like so ridiculous. He makes his money doing that. I think it's shocking. I think one thing that, that 
that became increasingly clear to me while I was looking at things is the fact that there was definitely more than one shooter on the scene. Now, I don't know whether Lee Harvey Oswald was one of them or not. Mm. All I know is that whoever shot JFK, whoever landed that shot, wasn't acting alone in terms of there were other people in the vicinity, whether they were on the grassy knoll, behind the grassy knoll, whether they were across the road in that other building that's a, that was adjacent, or maybe even mm-hmm. there were three shooters, one in the book depository, one on the knoll, and one across the road. I just don't know. But then you think, if this is a coordinated attempt, and it's not like a lone wolf type thing, then who are these people acting on behalf of? And I think that's why the FBI, CIA wanted to cover these tracks completely and essentially it looks like unless it's a massive coincidence it looks like they just started killing people off yeah like 103 people that would that were tangibly connected to, to the goings on on that day like jack ruby's lawyer who was in the room with the two reporters they all died within three years like in suspicious circumstances not natural causes like that is very coincidental very coincidental yeah there's definitely a lot of things that seem very suspect about this this particular uh, case i mean they brought in an x-ray specialist as well um, to look at the the skulls uh, of JFK, and he basically claimed that the lead the lead fragments in JFK's skull wouldn't have come from Oswald's bullet, and he basically said that one of them would have, but there was another one that had fragmented so much that it, I think it had like leaked lead inside the skull, and he said this mm. type of bullet just wouldn't have done that from Oswald's rifle. So it was clear there were two types of bullets that were being used, one that was from Oswald and then this other one who had been from someone else, clearly. Like, you can't have a bullet of this nature did not come from Oswald's rifle, and yet it's in the skull of JFK. Like, you look at it, you think you've got two different bullets on the scene, you've got two different sounding guns on the scene, and then you have the the, the story about the, the uh, police chief that found the gun like the day after found a gun that was different to the one that the Warren Commission said was used so there's multiple guns on the scene here they, they're sounding different they're different bullets and the police are finding different guns so why is there this kind of vehement kind of pushing of the one person shooter kind of scenario here and also the, the other thing which I think is really interesting and basically disproves the whole theory is that Os- Oswald's rifle takes at least 2.3 seconds between shots it's not mathematically possible for him to have done all the shots like one after each other so in, in such yeah. like rapid not, not that quickly i mean there's the fact that they came after them because i think people did start to doubt it at first didn't they? i think that, like even from the get-go the, like mm. eyebrows were raised and whatnot and the fbi came out and they said oh we've discovered this this photo of lee harvey oswald in his back garden with the gun that he used and the gun that we say he used and i just think it's america isn't it like this proves nothing he's got a gun that may have potentially been used or whatever and he happens to be posing in his back garden. It's identifiably him. It all seemed the stars of a line. Like they must have got really lucky with that picture of him posing yeah. with that gun or whatever. But they tried to calm people down by being like, here is a picture of this man with a gun. So it must be him. Must be him. I find quite funny. Obviously, I think people, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's no coming back from that irrefutable yeah. fact. It wouldn't surprise me if they if they've manipulated the audio and uh, snipped things together there, then it wouldn't surprise me if they're out there on whatever the 1960s version of uh, Photoshop would have <laughs> yeah. been back then. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I mean, there's just so many like, inconsistencies in this whole thing. It is ridiculous. Um, but there were there's brains, skull, and blood that were obviously uh, fired back from from behind um, JFK's head. I mean, it, it came from sorry, it came from the front, but it distributed behind him. Obviously, the direction of the bullet, the blood flies backwards, the skull flies backwards, and it ended up landing on the police cars in such a way that it couldn't have come from behind, like that fatal shot. So it, there was like a, a, splat, a blood splatter pattern that basically meant that, well, it could have only have come from that direction towards the fence because of the way that the blood had splattered on, on the police cars that were following at the side or the other police uh, motorbikes. So it would have only been possible from one, one particular angle, not behind. So little things like that, where it's just like, it's blatantly obvious that it wasn't a behind shot because that has a, a blood pattern that was slightly different. And there was a behind shot. That went through him, obviously, because that's how you end up with blood on the on the front of the car. There was quite clearly one from another angle as well, which is why the people on his left ended up getting blood on them. You know, yeah. like you, you can't be shot from behind and then people on the left of you get blood. It make, makes no sense. It makes sense. And I think that, that it, it all starts to add up when you look at the fact that they were so reluctant to release the results, the autopsy, and they still haven't released them in full even today, that there is some kind of, that is the, a textbook definition of a cover-up, isn't there? Because mm-hmm. obviously with looking at the autopsy pictures, you'd be able to determine how many bullets they were and where they came from with the... Because I bet there's so many people out there, experts that are waiting to comb over those images and whatnot. 
that obviously are not being afforded the opportunity because there is a textbook cover-up going on here, surely. If, yeah. like, if not, but I don't know why, though. I don't know why or who had a vested interest in, in killing JFK off. Like, I always look at the, so say with the Diana episode, I looked and I thought, you know what, there's a motive here. There's a clear motive of why these people would want her off the scene. With the JFK thing, besides the military-industrial complex, which I don't think, I think is logical, but I don't think is a strong enough reason to want to depose a sitting president, a democratically elected president. Like, it's quite a bold thing to do. Like, mm. when you think about proportions, you think, is that a proportionate response to him withdrawing a few thousand troops in Vietnam? Like, are the stakes really that high? I, mean, so I, look at it, I don't know why. I know what you're saying. I, I, I definitely get what you're saying, because, I mean, you do look at that and you think, is that a big enough reason? I think the other thing, and it's difficult for us to know in the context of the 1960s exactly to what degree he wanted to do this, but as I said before, like he sounded like he wanted to lessen the power of outside forces on the government. So people talk about, like, deep states and that kind of thing, basically unelected people that um, transcend presidents and or prime ministers and just sort of keep the ball rolling with certain agendas. And it sounded like he wanted to sort of move away from that way of work operating and have less involvement in the CIA on that kind of thing and maybe the CIA didn't like that and was sort of like well someone's plotting to assassinate him we'll just sort of turn a blind eye lads shall we yeah that'll get him yeah. off the scene and we'll I mean, get a bit more control again maybe I find it I find it very interesting that that there are people out there with knowledge from say the mafia of the underworld or whatever and the CIA knew that and a, a couple of weeks before the, the the events in Dallas unfolded I swear I think it was Miami and they beefed up the security so you'd think that they wouldn't cut corners two weeks later in, in, in Dallas. So it might be right there. It might be less of an active effort from the, from the CIA in terms of they didn't do it, mm. but they let it happen. Allowed they, it, yeah. For political reasons. I think that's quite a nuanced kind of thing that we've landed on there. I'm satisfied with that kind of... It's not too grandiose, is it? Mm. Well, like a, lot of, a lot of conspiracy theories and a lot of um, sort of things that people talk about in this way, are, like with, with 9-11, for example, which we've not done a podcast on yet, but um, people talk about as the CIA allowing that to happen or the government allowing that to happen. So knowing the plot existed, but sort of yeah. turning a blind eye so that they could do something else as part of their agenda, it so gives them a way yeah. in. And then they call it like a false flag or something, I don't know. Maybe that's the wrong term, I can't remember. That does now make sense to me as a, like when I'm talking about the stakes and about for political reasons and anything, like the cost of them letting something happen is far less than the cost of them going out there and actively doing something mm. themselves and then maybe getting caught, if that makes sense. If he's, that makes, it, it does make sense to me now. I'm if he's attacking that. our organisation and not wanting us to to have a say, then we're just going to turn a blind eye and just, yeah. you know, let him be Very killed. passive. Very passive kind of uh, kind of way of going about it. I, yeah, and, that they makes and they don't have any blood on their hands because it's not them. It was Jackie that had blood on her hands. Yeah, yeah, a <laughs> lot more, a lot more. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the officers um, got hit so hard um, with a skull fragment uh, from JFK that he thought he'd been shot in the chest, like he thought he'd been hit. He then gets off his bike, runs towards the fence, which is very telling. That this police officer runs yeah. towards the fence, um, yeah. and he smelt gunpowder. And there was he saw a man in sport in a sports shirt flash his Secret Service credentials at him. He had dirty fingernails like a mechanic, and the Secret Service later confirmed that no agents were in that specific area at the time. Were they genuine credentials? That's though, the thing, though. Were they? they? Yeah, because I mean, it's, it, I imagine back in the sixties, probably not that difficult to fake something, is it? Do you no. know what I mean? Like no. no one's going to check. And, but it all goes on at the grassy knoll again. Mm. Like that's where this potential kind of secret service guy is like shooting from, though. Police officer that, get, that gets shot obviously wants to chase down the perpetrator. And he's his first kind of port of call is the grassy knoll. Like it makes it just, it all adds up. The fact that there's more eyewitnesses on the scene that think that shots are coming from the grassy knoll than book depository. But it all adds up to, to there being a shooter down the grassy knoll. And a commission that's set up specifically to investigate this is so steadfast in their belief that, that the evidence is all wrong points towards a, a cover-up, doesn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, I think everything. There's nothing in this this kind of case that adds up. No, there's nothing that makes sense at all. I mean, you could argue that this could this have been like a Soviet agent with fake credentials? Could it have been a CIA agent um, doing the attack? But I think it would be a little bit sort of odd for a CIA agent to be in that position, having just shot someone and then flash the credential and make a big thing out of it. It almost feels like sort of thing that somebody who isn't a Secret Service member would do in that situation. Yeah. Not me. I mean, if, 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 yeah, just yeah. flashing. Yeah. If the, if the Secret Service say that they didn't have anybody on the, on the scene that day as well, then, you know, they're probably all over that stuff. Why did the Secret Service not have anybody on the scene, though? Because like, their modus operandi is to protect the president, no? Yeah. So I'm not sure why they 
where they didn't have anybody on the scene. But well, this wasn't fine. it wasn't scoped out very well, clearly, was it? I mean, like I said before, they just didn't have the servicemen back then to be able to to cover like all the buildings and stuff. This is known as the mother of conspiracies. And I think there was a poll, I think it was like 2009, something like that. 76% of Americans believe in the conspiracy. So I don't know how exactly they get away with it. When So it's kind of like, mm. it's widely believed that there's something afoot here, but nothing that can be done about it. But 76% is overwhelming for a conspiracy, isn't it? Like, I don't think Diana sees those kind of numbers. That's all like nothing near yeah. that. Sad really, isn't it? Sad. 76 um, this this area was also cordoned off um actually as well this area behind the fence was cordoned off it was, i don't know if it was like a car park or whatever there was, there was cars parked up anyway so that would make sense um it was cornered off but as soon as oswald was captured that cordon was released and none of the cars were checked so you can imagine like all the cars have been kept in the secure area oh we've got oswald now ah we found him Let's release the cord and just let everyone go then. If they knew it was just him that did it by himself and there's like, there's, there's one shooter, yeah. we've got him, bam, take, nothing to don't, see here again, move on. Don't bother gathering on. all the evidence. Yeah. I mean, just leave Just gather the evidence that, that helps prove your argument, that, you know, your preconceived argument, done that, job done, let's move on. Like, what have, they, what have the police got to do? Why do a thorough job when you can do a bad job? That's what I say, do you know what I mean? Just let him go. Let him walk free, go on. And then parade him around as if he's like a prized possession or something that you've... Yeah. Uh, You've like you've nailed it. We've nailed it. Pat ourselves on the back. Look at the job we've done. President's dead. They've got a policeman dead as well. Think of the but positives. We've got the, man. we've got the guy. Yeah, the president Loose might have died, thinking. but we do have his killer. So exactly. you still think about the bad him. news, aren't you? <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Well, let's conclude things. Let's give our thoughts on the the case in general. We need to talk about how many shooters do we think there were? Uh, there were uh, was Oswald one of them? These kind of questions. In terms of the shooters, more than one, definitely. Who mm-hmm. potentially? Because there's there's a, a lot. Definitely one behind the grassy knoll. Mm. I'm just not convinced about whether there's actually a shooter on the sixth floor of the book depository or not. I don't know because right. I, I can imagine them them the, you know whoever is trying to fabricate this kind of scenario going up there after everything's blown over and sticking a, a few kind of pellets or bullets or whatever and a few snacks there. A nice little spread. Charcuterie <laughs> board. Charcuterie board up there or whatever. Just fabricate, you know, yeah. Lee yeah. Harvey Oswald loves charcuterie, didn't he? Yeah, push that narrative. So um, I'm not sure. I would say there was definitely a shooter around the grassy knoll. I don't know who landed the fatal shot. There could have been another shooter across the road in the, the Daltex building or whatever as well, because there's quite a lot of um, traction behind that kind of idea. I think um, there was two shooters personally. I think there was one in, in the building. I think there was one behind the fence. Just based yeah. on, on the trajectory that the bullets took, I think there was there was one yeah. coming from behind, one coming from the side. I think the fatal shot was the one from the fence because it's but quite like, clear like that's where the face blasts off. Were there three bullets fired in, in quick succession, though? Yeah, I think there's there was something like that. Yeah, I think there was a, a couple from behind, I think, I do remember there's there's definitely I was I think there's maybe one or two from the side as well, um, but like I say, it's very difficult to know exactly how many shots were fired because there's so different bits of information. Some people yeah. say two, three, four, five. I, I personally think it was probably about four. I think in total. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to say whether Oswald was involved or not, but I would, with my trust being shattered by everything that we've spoken about for the past hour or so in terms of the American establishment of the 1960s, maybe not the present day. Who knows? Well, definitely um, the present yeah. day. No comment. Save mm. that for another podcast. Save mm-hmm. that for another podcast. We'll deep dive into conspiracies. I'm just not sure. And I think it's very suspect that there were there was somebody impersonating Lee Harvey Oswald calling up the Cuban and the Soviet embassies. Yeah, I don't know about in, that. In Mexico City, it was in Mexico City. I'm not sure for why, but, but other than to, to plant the seed and to frame him, mm. I'm not sure why. Like, it's not beyond the bounds of possibility that he would have contact with those embassies because he was involved in like a a Cuban liberation campaign. I mean, the guy's a communist as well with a, a Russian wife. So it's not beyond the realms of possibility that you get involved with those embassies, but it's the fact that they tried to match like voice files and things like that retrospectively from these phone calls. And they said, there's no match here. That is not Lee Harvey Oswald, but it's a man that's saying he is. That's a bit weird to me, you know? Mm. Uh, so I'm not sure whether he was involved or not. And like, if he was involved and, you know, they kill him off the day after, two days after he's, he's kind of committed this kind of atrocity then are they just trying to silence him yeah i think i think this whole this whole thing is very unusual isn't it i'm happy to sort of say that on the balance of things it was he was probably one of the shooters i think just on the balance of things but there is still that question mark i I don't think it would have been enough to have properly convicted him definitely not nowadays like no no, he's in the building okay what do you want us to do with that information lots of people are in the building 
in the building. Have any few snacks as well? What snacks would you go for when you're about to assassinate a president? Like, what are you feeling? What are you lining your stomach with? I go for something light. I go for you don't want you don't want to like be podged, do you? Whilst you're taking a shot at the president, you don't want to. You don't want like Red Bull when you're you're quivering. Mm. You've had too much Red Bull with the burn. I don't think you've only got. You've only got a couple of shots to make, haven't you? So yeah, you definitely want something like I'd probably go Balvises or something just to put me on. <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. just something like that. But this is the thing. This, I I still don't know how he do, how he does the shot. Like it's a good shot yeah. as well. This is yeah. a moving vehicle to get a, yeah. such a good shot through the back and someone to get a shot through the head. These people were properly trained. I mean, I know obviously Oswald was former U.S. Marine. I don't know how much you know, experience he had with a with a gun like that. Obviously, if it was him or not, but it did it did seem like he had the credentials. And this is actually what one of the internal memos said was we're worried that this is a little bit too obvious that it was him that given the fact that he had a russian wife that he was um that he turned to the soviet union um that he was like a former u.s marine it, they kind of said these credentials just seem a little bit too obvious and i think they actually said it in an internal memo this is why they were stressing that we've got to make it clear that it is him it is him because they were a bit worried that the public would question it because it yeah. just seems like such like a an obvious thing or oh, here's conveniently a person that fits the exact mold of what you'd expect an assassin to be and they yeah. were a bit worried about that internally by the sounds of it so maybe it was him maybe it wasn't i guess we'll never know but i'm erring towards the side of probably but i also wouldn't be that surprised if it wasn't I would say maybe but like yeah. <laughs> in terms of everything else that they've lied about then it wouldn't exactly be shocking if uh, if they lied about the identity of the of the shooter as well um but yeah, I suppose that kind of narrative, I'm surprised at how savvy they were back then at thinking about how everything looked, like the optics of everything, because they mm. wanted, firstly, they wanted to avoid the, the world war. So they were like, let's make sure, let's make this clear, this is not a Soviet or a Cuban attack on mm-hmm. American soil. It's not that. But for, straight from the off, they wanted to make that clear. But even I dare say, even before they knew for sure, they were thinking about getting that out there just to control the narrative. Because yeah. I don't think truth was high on their kind of priority list to be fair <laughs> well these on, sorts of techniques are used that's gone nowadays down. like these these sorts yeah. of techniques continue to be used and recycled like in, in time and time again where you've got to get hold of that that narrative straight away and pump it to the media so they can distribute it to the people and it, yeah. it's you know we're seeing this like blatantly like the step-by-step process of how they do it in this particular case and so it, it almost i may i come away from this be like anything's really possible now like anything could be possible by government you know I, I guess we have to ask the question and we sort of i think we both concluded the same sort of thing on this were the cia involved or did they just allow it to happen i think both yeah. groups said that we think maybe we're sort of more towards allowing it to happen yeah i think they, they probably took a, a back seat didn't they because it just wouldn't make sense for them to be aware that there's going to be assassination attempts made on the president and then put lax security in place mm. as if they I bet they probably heard these kind of rumors and were like, well, to be fair, he's obviously got some kind of political agenda against us as an organization and our values and whatnot. So maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if it, if it actually did happen. Um, but I'm not convinced that it was, that it was, that it was Lee Harvey Oswald that did it because they've lied about everything else in this scenario. And so I think it's just awfully convenient, isn't it? That two days after being arrested, he's assassinated by, Jack Ruby, mm. who has connections with the, the police and everything. And then nothing ever happens to Jack Ruby as if he's got immunity for some reason and whatnot. I mean, obviously not immunity from cancer, no, a shame, sadly, but immunity from prosecution, you know, because he did them a favour in killing off Lee Harvey Oswald. I just think that's how I'm connecting the dots in that scenario. I think there's a, a lot of shady kind of stuff. And the fact that 76% of Americans in the present day believe that something's a bit off but mm. there's no kind of consequences of that. I think because so long has passed, it's kind of like, yeah, well, back, back in the olden days, it was like it's like the Wild West, wasn't it? And, you know, they would, they'd never do anything of the like now, would they? No, definitely not. Like no, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not on a regular basis, no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think we've pretty much come to a similar sort of conclusion now, I think. Um, there's, there's quite a lot of different bits of information to try and digest, but I, I think we've pretty much concluded we think there was somebody behind the fence essentially is, is yeah. and in my opinion i think that was the fatal shot that, that did it. yeah and that's not us just saying that that's people that are actually there that are saying yeah. that as well like back in the day that were actually when, there that were like there was somebody behind that when dozens knob. of people are running towards the fence to see who it was that shot him yeah i mean that's sort of an indication isn't it they weren't even running towards the building you've got the people in the warren commission looking at this thinking look at these idiots all running towards the fence you're running in the wrong direction they turn around came from the book depository he's there munching on a breadstick yeah. must have been him stop looking at the puff of smoke no it's a cloud, it's a cloud. <laughs> the puff of smoke cloud. that they edited the puff of smoke that they edited out of yeah. the 
of the video yeah interesting yeah, they, were, they were quite savvy weren't they uh, but anyway thank you all so much for watching and listening we hope you've enjoyed this podcast uh, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe and we'll be back with more podcasts next week thanks so much for watching yeah. goodbye see you next week <laughs>